friends, it's time for the Jingle Bell Fucks of the Brainworm Podcast. <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm David. I'm Kane. And I'm Chris. And um, today, to celebrate the glorious holiday season Blech. and listen to Kane get increasingly angry, <laughs> we're reading Santa Steps <sighs> Out by Robert Devereaux. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I like, think... I knew this was coming, and I thought I'd prepared myself for it. Uh, gastrointestinally, but uh, no, nope. I'm just gonna shit no. everywhere. <laughs> just, just projectile shit. If, just, if just I could actually send my feces through my microphone and into your homes, I would do it. I mean, you know where two of us live. You could just deliver your shit if it was that important. Yeah, there's a yeah, whole no, company no, no. that does I, that. I want it to happen like while we're talking about this garbage. Oh, just now, just straight I'm, delivering oh, so you, shit. You want to shit through your microphone into our earphones? Yeah, so that you're like, oh, what is that weird? Oh no! <laughs> Gross. Sounds like a early '90s movie about the invention of the internet or something. It sounds like shit, man. No, <laughs> it's Labrador. Fuck. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh. Robert Devereaux. Right. Fuck you, Robert Devereaux. Uh, who was apparently a weird fiction author who I didn't know about until David suggested this book for one of the holiday episodes. Hey, David, eat a bag of dicks. Just wait. Who's just been writing eccentric weird shit since the late 1980s and apparently is doing pretty well at it. He's got a lot of books. This book that we're about to read has a whole series attached to it about santa claus i guess being which weird. i did not realize until today actually which i guess is as much as you need to know like i can't find any interesting deep lore although apparently his books had the honor of according to his biography being banned in specifically cincinnati <laughs> oh wow <laughs> wait a city can ban like... well i mean the whole maplethorpe thing like robert maplethorpe was banned from cincinnati that's what his bio says. I, I haven't looked into it. I just, I feel like it's just funnier to take it literally as printed. Santa Steps Out had the honor of being banned, direct quote, in that cultural backwater of intolerance and censoriousness known as Cincinnati. <laughs> Interesting. God, I hate Cincinnati so much. More than you hate Christmas. Ooh, that's tough. How about Christmas in Cincinnati? Well, I mean, I did enjoy the unveiling of the Cincinnati Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. That thing is, uh, it's like a peanuts episode in the real world, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I guess they, they fixed it and now it looks nice. And I'm just like, yeah, that's just cover, put band-aids on everything. It's so Cincinnati. It really is possibly the most Cincinnati thing ever. Right. It, it it is. I'm gonna pretend like I understand the jokes you guys were making. <laughs> Very funny, guys. <laughs> I wasn't joking. <laughs> no, what's going on? Um, <laughs> so yeah, weird weird Santa book banned in Cincinnati. All right, well, can we just get to the shitty book about the shitty yeah, holiday? Yeah, but first I have to do first I have to do promo. <laughs> Are you gonna be grumpy this entire episode? Came? Maybe. So I should. Is I, that all right with you? <laughs> I, I do want to uh, mention before we move on that the reason I suggested this book, I read it probably 20 plus years ago. I found a copy of it in a thrift store nice. in Fairfield. 
which knowing that it was banned here makes it all the better. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Had no idea what it was. (laughs) I just saw the cover and I was like, okay, weird horror sex book about Santa Claus. I'll read you. And it turned out to be a really interesting story that I then forced all of my friends to read. Like anyone I could convince to read it. Um, Except for Kane. And then the well, now you're forcing our listeners. It's true. It's, it's the me. gift that keeps on giving. It's true. Just like I knew movies. I'd get you eventually, Kane. This bullshit. I'm just gonna get into the furnace now. You guys could do this episode without. No, me. no, no. The furnace have... is being cleaned. You can't get into it right now. Who the fuck do you think cleaned it? Not the not not the you clone. Wait, what? What did we hire those guys to do then? Oh, those those were you guys you hired. Oh God. I thought that you guys you sent a Grubhub to me. the on with the furnace cleaners inside of the right, furnace uh, guys, No, no, I, we, I thought you guys no, Grubhubbed me Everything some... needs to pause. Everything. No more jokes. Um, we need to seriously consider that we have a spy infiltrated in our ranks. We need to talk about this. Wait, what? What the fuck are you babbling about? Captain Rainbow is sus. <laughs> are we doing that video game? Is that what's did happening the whole, here? That's, uh, that all the kids are playing? Uh, did, did that whole sus meme come from Among Us? Yes. Uh, I mean, people said sus before that game got popular. Yeah, but it it wasn't really memetic until recently. Wait, should brainworms be playing Among Us? Probably. I mean, I I guess. I feel like just the gimmick of Among Us would get real. Like, I I just don't know if I'd be entertained by it after a couple of rounds. I'll try it. It seems wildly popular. I mean, if you've ever played murder, like at high school, it's basically that. What the fuck? kind of school did you go to what are you talking murder? about oh let me tell you about murder it's fun and it's easy you gonna learn <laughs> all about it can i should should i promote our our social media and i Patreon mean if you want you to wanna... if you want to <sighs> we give you brainworms.com patreon give us money we'll buy uh books and equipment and stuff with we it. swear we won't commit moon fraud <laughs> Uh, and yeah, if you like us, Facebook, go do the things. <sighs> David, read the Christmas book. Santa Steps Out. Chapter 1. Seduction in three acts. Spoilers. Chapter 1 has three acts? So it does. Huh. Madness. With Anya's kiss tingling warm upon his cheek and her grandmotherly smile of devotion dancing in his eyes, Santa Claus bounded through cheering throngs of elves and lifted the worn leather reins of his sleigh. He loved their heft, how they took to his hands like tendons stretched from his snorting, stamping team, straight up through the brawn of his arms to his shoulders. As far off as his eyes could see, elfin hands lifted lanterns high and elfin voices Strong, high-pitched, and spirited, beat back the silence of the night. Farewell, Santa, they shouted. God speed! God bless! Alfida same! Merry Christmas to you all, boomed Santa, to which his elves cheered and sent their caps jingling skyward. The whip cracked smartly over his reindeer, whose powerful bodies responded as if to ravenous hunger. Into the sky with you, my four-footed wonders. I get why people celebrate Christmas, but why does the North Pole celebrate Christmas? Like, they have the whole Christmas uh, aesthetic all year round. How are they not bored of it? It's because it's the only day off they get. Yeah. (laughs) The rest of the year, 
they're just toiling to make toys for you doing, doing terrible, labor. terrible people. Yeah, we should free the North Pole, guys. We should. Let's not keep our beloved little boys and girls waiting a moment longer. Yes, they're waiting with Antissa. Say it. Patient. <laughs> Random snorts and stamps assumed order and purpose. Nine antlered heads drew a bead on the stark silhouette of treetops pasted against the sky above the skating pond. That's weird. I hear random snorts and stamps every time Kane uses my bathroom. <laughs> Appropriately, nine harnessed well, bodies you, taut with sinew and muscle surged forward. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate this. Like a blare of sirens, the fiery effulgence of Lucifer's antlers split the dusk in twain. Eighteen pairs of hoofs beat soundless against the night breeze, tossing up divots of wind. They were away. Shifting the reins, Santa raised his right hand for a final wave to his friends and loved ones. His wife beamed up at him from the porch. In her eye, a tear. In her hand, a handkerchief edged with bobbin lace. For an instant, he saw only her, felt only the love that bound them in wedded bliss. Santa knew their holiday separation took its toll on Anya. She delighted so in his company. He missed her, too, working Christmas Eve with no one but the likes of Comet and Cupid to talk to. But he loved the world's wee ones with all his heart, and he knew that Anya loved them, too. For the sake of the children, then, a loss of consortium, bitter though it was for them both, had to be endured. Hey, how come it's not it's not breaking and entering when Santa does it? Because he's a magical Christmas wizard. That's obviously. yeah. Magical Christmas wizards can go wherever the fuck they want. Wizards are not above the law. We we don't need <laughs> to to push that narrative. Okay. You know what? I speaking for wizards, we we are. <laughs> um. <laughs> This at least seems to be a higher standard of writing than what we're normally then, used to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty well written, I'd say. Yeah. How come all the projects that you think of is just like all you and all of your friends suffering? <laughs> I mean, I don't see any problem with that, really. <laughs> Behind him, his wife and fellow workers grew tinier. The stable, the workshop, the cottage itself became as miniatures folded into the night. Santa leaned forward into the jingle of bells in the busy haunches of his team, feeling the sleighs dip and rise in his testicles. That's the way, pretty ones, straight on into the night. A wrist snap. The impulse traveled the length of his whip, stinging the air over a forest of antlers. Lucifer, his head reindeer, scattered a guiding white light in all directions, and the delicious aroma of vanilla dipped and rolled along the backs of the remaining eight. Overhead, stars huddled into the depths of night like millions of impulses eager to be acted upon, as always. And thank God for that. The winter world which <laughs> opened before him kissed the hymn of perfection, and the children were his to bless on this most wondrous night of the year. Hey, what would happen if you've been a good little girl or boy or whatever, and you know, so you write your letter to santa asking for several pounds of crack cocaine is he is he like no uh, obligated <laughs> to bring you crack cocaine for I'm, christmas i mean i i feel like i often 
got things I didn't ask for from Santa and did not get the things I did ask for. So I think the son of a bitch isn't really obligated to do anything. You know, you know, you're right. You know what I think? I think he's making it up as he goes. Jesus Christ. Much like this podcast. (sighs) What does he do the rest of the year if he's not actually making his, you know what? I call fucking shenanigans. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he's got 365 days to get his files all oriented. He's overseeing his exploited labor force. I mean, that does take (laughs) a lot of time. Actually, I think really. You just have other exploited people that are exploited less manage Mm -hmm. your exploited coworker or uh, employees. Right, right. Yeah, you've got middle management elves. It's important. Yep, they're the ones that that really do the hard work of keeping the dentist elves from actually pursuing dentistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Suppressing their dreams. Yep. No, so, you're like, a cog in the machine. Those Don't two, ask questions. Those two elf schools are purposefully placed right next to each other so that you know they will hinder each other. That's what you're saying. It's, it's, it's all a big scam. That's probably right, yeah. The first time Santa encountered the Tooth Fairy was barely six million residences into his rounds. In a modest ranch house on Elm Street in North Merrick, New York, he had just finished setting out gifts for the Draper children, Bobby, 10, Davy, 8, Anne-Marie, 5, and had his face pressed against their Douglas fur. too many children for one family. Hung with lights and ornaments. Santa loved the hint of forest in his nostrils. When he rose, she was standing there where the living room spilled into a long, dark hallway. Wearing nothing but a pair of yellow panties, her necklace of outsized teeth, and a beguiling smile. What Wait. kind of pervy book is this, David? Necklace of outsized teeth? Yep. That's metal. This book's just full of fucking, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> he drank um, her in. David? Yeah. David? Yeah. Um, are we reading pornography on our Christian podcast? Uh, there are so many things wrong with the question you just asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is not going to be any more awkward than the time you read the book about the fucking de- jellyfish. Okay? It's true. The book was yeah. awesome. This, this will be sort of along the same lines as yeah. the uh, tit shark. You remember, remember when Joe called it when they were like, hey, did you bring the script? Yeah, man. I have it right here in my jellyfish. Yep. And then the whole thing became about jellyfish. <laughs> I did that with my mind. <laughs> Yeah, we did do an entire cookbook that was a cocktail ingredients that involved cum, Joe. He drank her in, all of her carnality at once, glory enfleshed. Her necklace spoke boldly, its wide arc of glistening white teeth sweeping from shoulder to shoulder, large and canine, every one. Like rough surf, they slapped cruelly at her breasts, which thrust out full and defiant. Her nipples seemed forever aroused, pointed and prominent as constellated stars, with fire to match. Her eyes flared seduction. Santa gave a sharp cry as a shockwave of sensuality engulfed him. He had known, of course, that the Tooth Fairy existed, had even on occasion cast a kind thought her way. But her sudden appearance in the flesh set off ancient echoes in his mind. Now, see, I know where this is going. This is either leading to a tax reform or a, or a Winnebago presentation. I, I, what? <laughs> Thrilled him in shameful ways. 
kind of motley crew christmas special is this <laughs> santa claus she whispered her splayed fingers framed the bright stretch of fabric that hugged her sex more discovering than covering was that splash of yellow so guileful the gold silk so tight its stretch from pubis to perineum santa his mouth dry as gauze watched her arousal darken the cloth from canary to maize to mustard. He ached to look elsewhere, anywhere but there. But something told him he was staring at the true core of his life, long forgotten, and he couldn't tear his eyes away. He felt the Clausian kindness drain from him, turning him light in the head and pendulous at the groin. Anya is not going to like this, no siree, not one bit. What? His voice was thick as rope. What are you doing here? He sounded lost already, and that stirred anger in him. Look at me, she commanded him. No, I mustn't, said Santa, but he couldn't look anywhere else. She hovered there <laughs> over the carpet, beauty and terror wrapped up in one tantalizing package. This book went from zero to horny real <laughs> fucking quick. Yeah, this is like getting into a role-playing server on World of Warcraft. <laughs> Santa's sack, which, en route from house to house, grew heavy with <laughs> gifts behind him in the sleigh, now hung slack and exhausted from his hand. In spite of himself, beneath the vast bulge of his belly, his manhood grew tight-fisted as a skinflint. Whoa! <laughs> she dipped a hand beneath the silk, her body flexed. Oh, Santa, I wish this hand were yours. Her urgency gripped him like a fist of fragrance. He shuddered. You'd better stop that right now. But she kept at it, burning the dark lasers of her eyes into him as her left hand joined her right, writhing this way and that with her passion. An agonized inner voice warned him to shun the tooth fairy, to turn instead to the task at hand. But Santa chose not to hear it, or hearing not to heed. Now, quick question. Did I just get a wildly different Tooth Fairy story when <laughs> I was a kid? I thought you were going to talk about the awkward boner that, that I have. <laughs> <laughs> just whip it out. Celebrate yourself. Done. All right. <laughs> Christmas came early. Nice. <laughs> but Santa chose not to hear it, or hearing not to heed fixing his ears on the immensity of her moans and gasps. Even the impatient jingle of sleigh bells out on the lawn scarcely registered. His lips moved. Shame on you, he thought he said. But the blood was pounding too loud in his ears to know whether he spoke at all. Then she peeked. Above the exudacious swell of her breasts, her mouth elongated into a stretched oval, and she unleashed the hellhounds of passion from the depths of her throat, Oh, Jesus, God, she gasped. They issued from her, invisible guttural mongrels, nipping like flames of frost at Santa's ears. She clawed at the yellow silk, rending it, ripping it away. Her hip bones writhed into view, then the taut skin below her navel and a few stray hints of curls. The shredded cloth limoned away like a streak of sunlight and flew across the room into Santa's face. Doesn't mm. she have, like, a job to do? Like... <laughs> Oh, they both yeah, have apparently a it's here, get but... filled out like an application. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all sights vanished then, and all sense but one. The aroma of her arousal, fecund and fleshy, soaked into the weave of her undergarments. 
Santa snatched them from his face, greedy for the sight of her. But only a visual echo, fleeting as a phantom, hung in the hallway. He starved for the sight of her. He wanted her in the woods, any woods, a copse of trees. Hell, a manicar... Hell, a manicured backyard by moonlight would do. That's how you get a fungus. Well, yeah. Good God, what's come over me? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in this universe, or in this timeline, a tooth fairy is awesome, and Santa hasn't been given a sex talk yet. Great. (laughs) He wanted her up against a tree, his hands locked around her shoulders, bark biting into his arms, his blood pulse thrust up into her. No, I'm Santa Claus. His muscular back legs tense and tight as his hoofs struck sparks from exposed roots channeling into her, feeling her thighs grip his flanks, feeling the rich spring air wash in and out of his lungs. No, he screamed, more astonished than angered. He pressed the torn cloth to his face and filled his lungs. It was a pure whiff of peace and joy, the lushness of forest and tide pool. It called out for procreation, for the rough and tumble of rutting lust, the insistent commingling of generous fluids. Sobbing, Santa fumbled at the big red buttons of his fly. Do, uh, do we have, uh, have any brothels on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not I think, asking for me. I'm asking for a friend. Uh, there's one, I think, right next to the furnace. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably just get one of the, the half-baked clones out of the machine and just do whatever you want with it. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, it'll remember. <laughs> yeah where do you think all of kane's rage comes from and yet he's still a rat in a cage (laughs) that's just because we have to keep him from getting into the equipment (laughs) no the equipment gets into him (laughs) speaking of sobbing santa fumbled at the big red buttons of his fly i just wanted to say that sentence again (laughs) do you feel better now that you've done that (laughs) kind of I don't think he does. Out sprang his sex, its tip moist with pre-ejaculate. Silk tatters he fisted about it, rubbing as the bony hand of a science teacher vigorously strokes a glass rod to demonstrate the wonders of static electricity. Into the wet folds of silk, (laughs) the jolly old elf shot his spunk, voluminously, with great pitch and moment. But even as orgasm overtook him, Clausian goodness came rushing back into him. His fingers twitched against the soaked and clotted panties, which bloomed into a large package wrapped in a soft paper the color of lemon chiffon, topped with a large bow of a deeper yellow. Feeling low and mean, he set it down beneath the tree and fled to his sleigh, fumbling his buttons up as he went. gross! David, what did you do? (laughs) Dude, did Santa Claus just leave a cum rag for Christmas? That's looking that That's, way. That's, yeah, oh. exactly right. Oh, no. <laughs> who, who, I, I want to, more than anything, I want to be a part of this family's crystal <laughs> morning. God, you and your fucking J.O. crystals. <laughs> Outside, Lucifer's soulful eyes glinted with incriminating sparks, but Santa tossed the spent sack behind him threw himself into the driver's seat, and with nary a word of explanation, whipped the team skyward. Off with you, he shouted in a voice thick with self-loathing. On Christmas morning, 
John and Mary Draper awoke, to their delight, in the midst of a love-making most amazing, when at last they lazed down from the dizzying heights of orgasm, uncoupled, and donned robes and slippers, they found their home infused with the most delicious aroma imaginable. Oh my god. The kids noticed Flash? it too. They bubbled oh with god. light, more than could be accounted for by the excitement of Christmas Day alone. Even Bobby, usually the soul of fifth grade cynicism, raced to and fro before the tree, heady with childish greed. <laughs> Little Anne Marie <laughs> sniffed out its source. <sighs> the pale yellow package sitting apart from the piled gifts, its curiously quaint card read, For John and Mary, to be opened in the privacy of your bedroom. May the coming year be new and happy in a multitude of ways. Much love, Santa. Despite the pleas of the children, Mary refused to open it, but set it upon the cedar chest at the foot of her bed. Her hands tingled as she touched it. All through the exchange of gifts, the visits from friends and family, and the endless holiday feasting, she and John exchanged looks of suppressed excitement. And after a day of revelry, with the kids tucked safely away for the night, they tore into the yellow enigma and brought forth sex toys galore. A profusion of them splashed across their comforter. Dildos, cock rings, and benoit balls, frilly fuckware for her, leather briefs with strategic zippers for him, flavored creams and gels of every variety, and condoms without number. Ribbed and stippled, latex and lambskin. This is a weird Christmas. <laughs> latex and lambskin, <laughs> clear and opaque and every color of the rainbow. Each denied the giving, but delighted in the gift, as much for the sheer naughtiness these playthings suggested, as for anything inherently exciting in them. And their sex Does life, Santa's cum turn into sex toys? Apparently. This time, <sighs> it did. Apparently. And their sex life hitherto a dim porchlight over the dark doorway of their marriage, became thereafter a blazing hearth fire, lending abundant light and heat to all of life's endeavors. When, when your semen turns into sex toys, that's when you really need to go see a proctologist. <laughs> How is that going to help you? What is a proctologist going to do about that, Chris? It's, gonna, <laughs> it's just a problem that, you know, when you get older, you'll get with your prostate. No! I don't think it His is. Spunk turns into <laughs> sex toys. How is the medical field yeah. gonna do anything for him? Yeah. Market him? I'm just gonna go. <laughs> no, Joe. Absolutely not. I'm going to go. <laughs> um No, you I'm just I'm gonna no, we've the, all done this. Like, okay, look, we have not we have never dogs. done this. We're all puppies in the house around our poop pile we've all done this this is all our fault what the fuck are you babbling about he's saying that we have to get our nose pushed into this exactly it's, yeah Thank yeah you, it's Kate. the only way we'll learn our lesson <laughs> i blame, blame david, david. <laughs> <laughs> i just want uh, everyone to know that i have no shame about this and that while it might, like, I, I encourage all of our listeners and all of you guys, basically everyone who can hear my voice right now, to read the rest of this book. I really, really do. Yeah, okay, there's there's a lot of pornographic stuff in it. I mean, we're gonna keep but, going. Uh, we have a solid hour. Oh, yeah, but we're, we're uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not gonna read the whole thing here. 
I encourage people to actually seek this one out and read it. I really do. Uh, $50 or more donators to our monthly Patreon can pay for David to come to your house and sit beside you and read this book. <laughs> $50? I'll, I'll record it for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe sold it a different way. Uh, You're just going to have to sit next to somebody's bed and, and read, read them. them this book. Yep. In a Santa Claus. You know what? <laughs> I am I am not even going to lie. I am terrified of any person who would take me up on that. <laughs> Unless they happen to be the Tooth Fairy. Well, this particular Tooth Fairy, right? Right. Right. Not like the horror movie Tooth Fairy. Yeah, like also, there, there's a lot of potential for the whole Tooth Fairy thing to go weird, you know, <laughs> vagina dentata yeah, and all that probably sure, a biter sure. <laughs> the second time santa saw the tooth fairy he had nearly succeeded in putting her out of his mind for a time he dreaded seeing her again he couldn't shake her image her aroma nor his overwhelming sense of guilt if saint anthony had resisted temptation of all sorts he agonized then why couldn't jolly old saint nick well saint anthony probably had a really unfulfilling and boring life Good God in heaven, Claus, another part of him shot back. Anthony was an ascetic, an oddball, a loner, thin as a rail and half as exciting. You're as corpulent as they come, a lover of food and drink, fond of realizing spiritual good in material form. When you saved that Lycian merchant's three daughters from whoredom by tossing a bag of gold in at each of their windows, please recall how you yielded at once to the youngest gratitude. You followed your money through her casement, taking joy in the sweet paroxysm of her loins. Dear Jesus, I'd forgotten that. Yes, but that was before I met and married my beloved Anya, before I vowed to cleave to her alone. If she knew about tonight, it would hurt her heart. It would wither <laughs> uh, her soul. a very vivid internal monologue. Also, I'm decreeing that all dirty talk from henceforth include uh, cleaving. Hey. Oh, I'm going to cleave into you so hard. <laughs> Who authorized you to issue decrees? <laughs> uh, this is such a terribly poignant verb for that. Nah, well, I mean, it's it's pretty like marriage vows cleave to you alone. It's it's biblical language, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like it as a verb. <laughs> yeah, cleave's a great word because it means to push together and also to push apart. It's true. <laughs> so keep it from her. Heavens, man, you didn't even touch the temptress. So unfret that brow, put your worries behind you, let's see some jolly light those eyes. If she presses oh, you again- Oh, he's already had some jolly that he squoze into a pair of panties that turned into sex uh. toys. <laughs> <laughs> if she presses oh, you wait, again- Wait, wait, How did his testicles know what size the, those people were? Magic. Does that matter? Magic. No, 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 they can, they can figure that shit out. No, no, no. I, no. Wait. What do you think that you go to a sex shop and get measured before they sell <laughs> yeah. you toys, Chris? Yeah, that's not how that works. No, they're leather outfits and you assholes. You're focusing on the wrong. Yeah, this is yeah. this is where you Yeah, okay. Right on. Just just feeling you out there. Um uh, if she presses you again, you'll be ready to resist, to play at St. Anthony. 
or even Jesus in the wilderness, if you wish. I've had this talk with myself. (laughs) So it went, the turmoil in Santa's mind. But by the time he reached the Midwest, all was once more bright and calm. Nothing in his mind but sleigh bells and candy canes. Humming with joy and contentment, Santa reached into his burgeoning sack and pulled forth gift after gift for the Gilberts. Long-time Iowa City residents in the Blue and White Victorian at 925 North Dubuque Street, Sandra, a full professor in the School of Dentistry, Paul, head dispatcher for the Coralville Transit System, and their daughters, Karen, Julie, and Jane, arrayed in age from nine to five. Theirs was a lovely tree, dusted white and decorated in motifs of gold and silver. Much love filled their house. True, Paul was boffing one of his bus drivers, an earthy young woman named Debbie Travers, but his heart, Santa knew, belonged to Sandra and the girls. This time, his nose found her first. One moment, he was on his knees, adjusting the ribbon around the neck of a rocking horse and breathing in the apple cider and cinnamon stick air of the ticking house. The next, his nostrils were ravished by the sharp thrust of the Tooth Fairy's woman scent, alluring and arousing and monstrous all in one. He tossed his head back in panic. There she stood, at the sliding doors to the front parlor. A luminous trail of fairy dust sparkled down the dark stairway. He then turned around and put her down with his blunderbuss. <laughs> Apparently, she had already paid her visit to Julie's room upstairs. I mean, he's going to pull out his blunderbuss, all right. <laughs> taken up her tiny tooth and left a cache of coins behind. Now she hovered, one hand on the dark wood of the sliding door, and spoke his name. Santa, she said. What do you think the Tooth Fairy does on her days off? Look, can we just not talk about it? Plays video poker. <laughs> Yep, that sounds that sounds right. That's how she gets the uh, the coins for the, the tooth transaction. Funny you should mention that. When we finish the first chapter, I'm going to go back and read the introduction to the book, at least part of it, yeah. because um, it establishes some things that I thought it would be more interesting if we didn't establish. <laughs> Okay. What have you done, David? All of this is your fault. This is all you're doing. It's true. It's true. You you saw the soil, the fertile soil upon the land, and this is what you sowed. Santa, she said, you know why I'm here. Fright seized the unwary elf. He stood up in a rush, upsetting the rocking horse. A string of silver bells on the tree ting-tinged in protest. All right, he said, his voice trembling. This has gone far enough. Has it? Her body choked his eyes. Silken panties as orange as hissing bonfires hugged her hips. She cupped and caressed her dark-tipped breasts. He faltered. Look, I'm trying to do my job here. You're distracting me. You're spoiling the mood, the purity of the... the, of the holiday spirit. Now be a good little fairy, and... Santa's mouth moved, but suddenly nothing would come out. He wanted to be firm with her, abrupt as a dictator, but it refused to happen. Mm. This must be the uh, uh, Celtic Tooth Fairy before the Christians got a hold of her. (laughs) The Tooth Fairy tilted her head just so and hung a smile upon her lips. Santa staggered. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to fall. The Persian carpet's elaborate weave funneled him toward the delectable devourer. For the sake of the children, he moaned. Please go away. You're so beautiful. Good God, the word doesn't do you justice. But I can't give you what you want. Had he called her beautiful? 
Yes, he thought, as beautiful as an earthquake swallowing whole cities. In a blink, she wafted over to him and pressed her body against his, her breasts pushing the sharp necklace of teeth into his red-suited chest, her panted pelvis molding and encouraging his arousal. You can, she insisted. And you will. I have a wife, Santa protested weakly. He was losing himself in the wilds of her scent. Forget her, she rasped. She swirled her tongue tip inside the dips and folds of his left ear. Santa's knees buckled, taking his last vestiges of resolve with them. The steady voice of conscience, the troth he had plighted long ago, proved no match for this insistent female whose moist lips now played upon his mouth. Her tongue licked greedily at Santa's teeth and gums, deftly probing his oral cavity. It suddenly occurred to him that he was Santa Claus, God damn it! That three God innocent children it. slept oh, overhead, and that what he was now engaged in was an unforgivable violation of the sanctity of the Gilbert household. You know, this would be a very bizarre thing to witness when you stay up all night to see Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. I saw mommy fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I mean, just just for a second, <laughs> yeah, just for a second, uh-huh. you're you're seven years old or six years old, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you've had the toughest time falling asleep because <laughs> you're it's Christmas Eve. You're and so it's, excited. You're so excited about Christmas for your and all of the things that day is going to, to bring for you. Right. Yeah. And yeah. because of this, you wake up to every single sound in the house. <laughs> right. And sure. You desperately want to see Santa Claus and you hear a rustling down in your living room. <laughs> and so you tiptoe down the hall. Maybe a gasp. Yeah, and a gasp. And you tiptoe down the hall. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the little, like, Coca-Cola paintings that you'll see where the kids are looking through the rails. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're seeing yeah. Santa going about the business of delivering toys to all the good boys and girls, right? So you yeah. sneak over to the railing and you're going to be this Coca-Cola painting, right? And you you're going to see some railing. You put your face between the bars and you look down and see Santa's bulbous ass just pumping. <laughs> just pumping. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Like the, the back of a swinging sack. Just, just jello jiggling. That is the origin story for a Christmas murderer. Like that's oh, that's no, that's, that's where that yeah. comes from. Or, or, the, or a lifetime of therapy. No, that is the origin story for Garbage Day. What? What's that movie with Garbage Day in it? Garbage just, Day. Just. Just stop. I have no idea. I, what you're I mean, I'm, I'm about. sure you're yeah. referencing something specific, but I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Regardless, let's let's just keep going. Yeah, let's <laughs> let David read the dirty Christmas book. Santa <laughs> seized upon the two fairy shoulders and rudely thrust her away. Drunken rage flared in her eyes, but she masked it and glided back against him. So we're playing hard to get, are we? Or maybe we're just getting hard. Is that what this is about? This is very upsetting. <laughs> no more, please. Shall we see just how hard we're getting? Don't. Please don't. But oh in the physical God. struggle she had begun. Is the tooth fairy going to rape Santa? The tooth fairy is not respecting Santa's consent right now. And I don't God. like it. 
but in the physical <laughs> struggle, on, she had begun. No, shut up. Hang on, hang on. Okay. Okay, so, like, a week ago, we're like, oh, hey, it's the Christmas season. Hey, hey, David, what book do you want to experience? And and you thought for a minute, and you you went over the list, and you thought, oh, how about the one where Santa gets molested by the goddamn Tooth Fairy? That's what you went with. I think we've all learned a valuable lesson here, Chris. <laughs> and that's not to let David choose the books ever. <laughs> That's what we Yeah, but you get mad when I choose the books too, so. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to kill all of you. Before I go into the furnace, oh, I'm just finally. ending all of you. Yeah, that, that, that's the actual plan that we've had this entire time. Just keep making clones until they get angry enough to revolt and kill us. Because we're cowards. <laughs> yes. we my, my, whole, my whole inspiration for even doing a podcast was how hard can I push my friends? <laughs> Before they snap and murder me. I mean, you're not enjoying the the mental image of Santa being just really, really uncomfortable with the physical proximity of a naked tooth fairy. I mean, that was weird, <laughs> but fine. But but now we've gone to a place, right? Yeah. Now we're on a journey. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a journey. All right, let's go. Don't. Please don't. But in the physical struggle she had begun, her playful combativeness made her body shift and arch in alluring ways, and Santa felt the demon again, the not-Santa in him, surge up, robbing him of all resistance. Is that what he calls his boner? That's what not I call Santa my himself. boner from now on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you ready for not-Santa? It's not bringing presents. Oh, it's bringing presents. I mean, it's bringing it's, it's pre- got a big swollen <laughs> sack. Oh, oh man! <laughs> and a red hat. No, the red hat made it worse. You <laughs> oh. <laughs> should put a little red coat on it. <laughs> oh God, he'd look like Tom Servo. <laughs> Uh, better than Is Joe Campbell. Yet? Are we done yet? Have we done enough yet that we can just leave? No. <laughs> God damn it. Now her fingers snaked down his paunch, past the shiny black belt to the bright red bulge in his trousers. Ho, ho, ho! His buttons <laughs> must have undone themselves, for in no time... No, they didn't. ...the ineffable thrill a man feels when a woman grips his love shaft surged through him. Oh, his love, love shaft, love huh? shaft is a little old place where... <laughs> No, he gasped. Santa's hands felt numb and alien. His left splayed across her shoulder blade like a starfish on a beach. This is not happening. His right sculpted her neck, her hard-tipped breasts, her belly, then plunged beneath the orange silk and found the swell of her desire. Please, God, let this not be happening. Thus they led one another, by hand and lip, though Santa kicked and screamed inside like a caged saint to the brink of orgasm. With a shudder, she gripped his inserted middle finger and bellowed out a world-splitting groan. The sound was enough to tilt the balance for him as well. Santa's low-taut baritone came up under her full-throated gasps, and his seed arced out of him. Ho! 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 (laughs) Oh, oh God, what if Santa was doing this and he had a heart attack? (laughs) Well... 
Then Tim I'm Allen grab took that for my ringtone anytime Kane sends me a text <laughs> message. <laughs> and his seed arced out of him and spattered the topmost branches of the tree, dripping downward in dribs and drabs. Oh Lord, I'm damned indeed, he thought. But it didn't stop him from wanting suddenly to embrace the tooth fairy and all her monstrosity. His massive red arms encircled her to hold her tight and closed on nothing. His sex hung suddenly free and unstroked and spurting, and his mouth, still a tingle, gaped empty and unkissed. Oh, this is when the kids come down to see Santa just frosting the tree. (laughs) Fighting back tears of humiliation, Santa gestured toward the tree. Oh, he did frost the tree. And watched his semen turn to gleaming white candy canes on the branches it had been found. He fell to his knees. Heavenly Father, he prayed, give me strength. Help me withstand the temptress. Be with me in my hour of need. This I pray by all the saints in heaven and on earth. Amen. Where is your God now? (laughs) Then he gathered his things together, dematerialized through the front door, and dove into his sleigh. Lucy. Mommy, why does it smell like chlorine on the tree? What? Does your... I mean, does... it, it, a little. Yeah. It's, it's... Chlorine? Sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Absolutely not. Your, your cup Maybe doesn't if smell you like squint your nose. <laughs> briny. It's briny. Which is not chlorinated. Yeah, In fact, different... by definition. Yeah. Yeah. This is really <laughs> stupid, <laughs> what <squint>. we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel real dumb right now. (laughs) Lucifer took one look at him and rolled his eyes at Prancer. Wait, is this the devil? Lucifer? Lucifer's his lead reindeer. Did I miss that? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been mentioned a couple of times. Seems like uh, Rudolph got replaced. I don't know. By the devil? By Lucifer. I wouldn't be surprised that all of the original reindeer in like the old Yule story, whatever, was named Lucifer. Well, I think they reference like Donner staying at home in the like the first little bit so i guess this is like the new generation i don't know you know a thought that really entertains me Mm -hmm. is let's pretend that there is a karen motherly book club you know in cincinnati that determines what great works of literature should be allowed into their into their great state so they uh they read this book and, but but they don't Can even get to Can we start the... with the fact that Cincinnati is a city, not a state, or are we just going to overlook that? <laughs> I mean, you can do whatever you want, man. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get somewhere right now. If you is would that... stop throwing caltrops in my please, way. Please, please, where, where is this going? Make your, make your point. <laughs> just imagine one of the Karens is reading and they get to, like, his lead reindeer's name, Lucifer? Oh, we're banning this book, and they don't even get to the fucking part. Like that's get the part to they got hung up was, on. I could see that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a distinct possibility. <laughs> Lucifer took one look at him and rolled his eyes at Prancer, but Santa's whip smack split the air above his antlers. Distressed shouts of "Up and away, damn you!" filled his ears. You know how animals are much more likely to engage in homosexual behavior in captivity. Uh, I actually yeah. didn't know that, but I do know. Do you think we're gonna get that with the reindeer? Some some gay romances? I mean, it seems unlikely. I don't know. Santa gets to have fun on the job. I don't know if that's the uh, the thrust of, of this story. But um ting. See what I did there? God damn you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I think Santa's gonna stuff all the stockings in this one. <laughs> oh, Joe, you're slaying me. <laughs> <sighs> You'll regret this. Whackity schmackity doo. <laughs> the Gilbert's Christmas that year was the best any of them could recall. It wasn't so much the presents, nor the food, nor the folks who dropped by, though all of that was tinged as usual with the special clarity and goodness of Christmas Day. It seemed rather that the house itself, from attic to basement, from front porch to back, was infused with the deepest comfort and warmth. But the girl's favorite moment was Karen's discovery of the off-white candy canes on the tree. Oh, God. They went (laughs) wild over them, the young ones especially. Licking the stiff, glistening columns of white like Ponce de Leon indulging himself at the fountain of youth. They smuggled some of them to school to share with their closest girlfriends, and Julie pressed one upon her mother. Sandra had never tasted anything like it. Despite a dominant strain of treacle, powerful barbs of nutrition jagged out here and there into her taste buds. There were hints of salt mingled with a sugar so pure its taste made her eyes glisten with tears of joy. David, are you proud of what you've done? (laughs) Extremely. (laughs) Paul Gilbert reaped his reward that night when Sandra slipped into bed beside him, peeled off his pajama bottoms with her teeth, and spent the next five hours lining her stomach with his outpourings of love. Sandra had always blanched at the very notion of oral sex, which was one reason her husband spent three lunch hours each week with Debbie Travers, a woman who loved to lick and be licked, though she refused to let him come in her mouth. From that night, Paul swore off Debbie and stayed faithful to his wife ever after. Karen, Julie, and Jane, as well as their friends who had partaken of the special candy canes, grew to be skilled milkers of men, and even the plainest of them, once her talents became known. Never lacked for dates. So, um, David, I'm revoking your uh, your right to ever complain about anything I do ever again. Hey, man, this is a very sex-positive book. I mean, it is, and that's fine. We're, I'm here for that, but, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but come the fuck on, man. The third time the tooth fairy crossed his path, Santa thought he was ready for her. I bet. Anya's image he kept close to his heart, catechizing in mid-flight the richness of their lives together, all the blessings they had shared. He devised devastating rebuffs for the temptress, should she reappear. But his strongest defense, he believed, was his clear-sighted assessment of the sex itself. Devoid of love, did it amount to anything more than a poke and a squirt? The thrust of a fleshy banana into a squishy donut for the momentary excitation of both? Uh, that's kind of the point, genius. <laughs> Surely he could quell his sensual urges, acknowledge them, yet not act on them, if the dreaded oh, third visitation god. occurred. Oh god, now he's gonna be jerking off in his sleigh, going from house to house, so people walking on the street at night, Christmas night, you know, just, you know, just watch out. It's definitely gonna be a white Christmas in that case. <laughs> uh, off-white. <laughs> kind of oyster yeah oh i think a bird pooped on me wait a minute <laughs> it turned into a candy cane <laughs> the townsend residence on k street in sacramento was a well-preserved three-story victorian slate gray with white trim the house kept a stately watch over its occupants harold townsend a dealer in used cars his wife patricia and their children rachel and billy 
Santa had just read Rachel's notes to him and taken a crisp bite out of an Oreo. The sudden pressure of a hand coming to rest upon his shoulder nearly made him choke. It was her, pantied in red this time, the same fire engine red as his suit. Oh god, <laughs> can, can you imagine Santa, like, pleading, like, No, wait, I need to take my diabetes medication! <laughs> need to shoot my insulin, man. <laughs> <laughs> the savage beauty of her body was as breathtaking as before, but no lust shone in her eyes. Nothing of the huntress hung about her. That caught Santa off guard. It's me again, she said. He swallowed the cookie as best he could, pretending nonchalance. So I see. She brought her lips to his fingers and took the last bite of Oreo out of them as if it were a communion wafer. Then she lifted the glass of milk from the table and drank it down. The not-Santa crept back into him, peering hungrily at the long sweep of her neck and its inviting resolution in the thrust and surge of her memories. What's her game this time? And what is this thing inside me? This thing I call not-Santa? Whatever it was, it felt disturbingly comfortable, like easing into a pair of forgotten slippers. She set the glass down. I haven't harvested the little girl's tooth yet, she said. Let's take a peek, shall we? Santa sensed a trap. What? I don't think that would be a good idea. But the tooth fairy insisted, poking his rotund belly and giving a maddening little laugh. Oh no. At last he consented, but no funny business. She led him down the hall to Rachel's room, passing hand in hand with him through the closed door. In her oversized bed, the sleeping child was dwarfed by the stuffed animals that shared her dreams. It had been her grandma and grandpa's bed, but they had bought a new one and, knowing how Rachel loved it so, had given her the giant bed for her own. Now she lay on a thin sliver of mattress at the rightmost edge, one arm around the neck of a large teddy bear. There's the little dear, the tooth fairy whispered, closer to Santa's ear than she really needed to be. Wait Not here. Like this. I'll only be a moment. She glided to the bed. Rachel's head lolled toward her, her mouth open in the innocence of sleep. The tooth fairy ran a greedy finger over the exposed enamel of her bottom teeth. There was something menacing, something perverse in her movements. Santa made an instinctive feint toward the child. Then the tooth fairy's hand slid beneath the pillow and found Rachel's tooth. Turning to Santa, she opened her mouth and placed it, like a small white pill, provocatively on the tip of her tongue. Hunger flared in her eyes. Oh dear God, it begins again. As she chewed, the sharp crunch of bone grinding bone sang in Santa's ears. And it feels so undeniably good. Deftly, she peeled off the red panties and tossed them his way. He caught and pocketed them without taking his eyes from her, fearful lest she vanish as before. And what is Anya? She squatted, legs spread wide, and shat dimes. Anya is but a being <laughs> torn from her life spring, denying the undeniable surge. Dimes dropped like tight silver turds from her anus, shiny in moonlight ringing upon the bare wooden floor, spinning and rolling hither and yon. And what is the tooth fairy? With a practiced hand, she retrieved them and slid them beneath the pillow. Pure body, pure need, pure demand. That which must be caressed and covered and filled. Then she lay down amongst the stuffed animals and harshly ordered Santa to make love to her. Her skin shone flawless as a stone Madonna's. 
when he ran half-heartedly through his poor litany of objections, she stretched most provocatively, her body the body of a cat. And when he protested further, she merely smiled upon him, opened wide her thighs, and massaged with slow fingers the blushing wound of her love. You know, writing sex and just porn, mm-hmm. and it's always so odd. Like, the descriptions mm-hmm. are just, even when yeah. well done, like, the blushing wound of her love right. is just a silly thing. Yeah. And I think it really does <laughs> capture, like, earlier in the book when he's talking about how sex without love is just you know, sticking a hot dog in a donut or whatever it was he said. Yeah, because we're just meat. Yeah, yeah. It's Yeah, yeah there's only so many ways you can say right. wet meat <laughs> unless you just want to write like stereo instructions yep, yep. <laughs> and like, uh yeah may i just say also i love the fact that the tooth fairy eats teeth and shits coins yeah as you do yeah perfect yeah yep yeah yep. that's but but yeah that that is interesting that you know if, if you're a writer of erotic literature there's always going to be a point where you have to use a, a metaphor like that. That's just a little bit oddball mm-hmm. because what else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you can't just use it. It's, it's gotta be a rough line to walk between mm-hmm. like writing something that's actually arousing mm-hmm. and just, just calling it tube steak over and over. Right. <laughs> right. He inserted his love dog into her steaming chili pot. Yeah. Like, I mean, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> No, from now on, I'm just going to refer to it as tube steak. Got my tube steak. Yep. You need, you need to milk his prana out of him so he can <laughs> be a breatharian. Uh, and, and actually, everybody in this conversation knows him and none of the listeners do. Our friend Matt was convinced to, uh, in high school, ask the the school lunch ladies for the tube steak because that was the special that day and i think and i every now and then think about it and laugh (laughs) her breasts mounded by the narrowing v of her down thrust arms nippled into the night air at the sight of them santa fell speechless did he just turn nipple into a he did he did he verbed she breasted boobily i am using that in so many not sexual (laughs) opportunities (laughs) <laughs> nippling into the night air no no like like uh, if i've ever tried to self-insert myself awkwardly into a conversation i'm gonna nipple into that conversation fair enough uh, <laughs> i wish you the breast <laughs> i want to die i want to die i please let me die no no at the sight of them santa fell speechless there were no more words in him They had played out like lines shooting madly off the spool of a fishing rod before a high-spirited bonefish that refuses to be landed. I'll give you a high-spirited bonefish. Nice. (laughs) Now there was only heat in Rachel's room. Heat that made Santa's suit a heavy obscenity. Heat rising from the tooth fairy's splayed body. Heat churning deep in Santa's groin where Santa and not Santa conjoined most inseparably together. As quick as a nod... He unbooted and unsocked his feet, uncapped his head, unbelted, unsuited, and unread flannel underweared his demanding flesh. Feels right. Right? By God, it feels perfect. My mind is telling me no, but my body is telling me yes. Massive, so, all-giving, um... and generously endowed, 
Santa Claus went to the Tooth Fairy and lay with her for hour after hour of magic time, sharing the delights <laughs> of illicit love. Okay, so where where does Santa Claus's bestial hungers lay in God's plan for us? Like when when God was making stop Santa Claus, interrupting, David. Just keep going. <laughs> That's uh, shut up. Chris. Honestly, though, Chris. You'll have to read this book to find out because what you have uncovered is, in fact, the dominant thread of this narrative. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. It, is that this... so, David? Do you hear that, Kane? Do you hear what I just did? <laughs> See, Chris contributed. <laughs> and uh, and this book To dragging this out longer than it places. already is. I, I, I just have to, like, it, it does. It goes some interesting places. Uh, this first chapter just kind of sets what is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And speaking it's of magic of, time, yeah. magic time allows beings benevolent and malevolent to move unseen among humanity, distributing gifts to billions of children in one night, for example, or bartering coins for teeth. You can only see into magical time with a resonator. Without magic time, the pale hand that guides the planchette would become disquietingly visible. Without magic time... Scoffers at superstition would sniff the vile shades that hover beneath ladders and know better than to defy the ancient wisdom. Without magic time, the limitless vistas hidden in the mirror's depths would leap into view, as would the Sandman's wizened visage and the cotton-tailed hindquarters of a departing Easter bunny. So this is a whole mythology that he's building. Yes. Of like the, these holiday spirits that fuck. That, all, yeah, that also <laughs> fuck. For a short while, this same magic time kept what passed between Santa and his lover from Rachel's senses. But then, as sometimes happens, there was a seepage, a commingling of their world with hers. Her brain. Yeah, after the tooth fairy's been somewhere, there's definitely a seepage. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> her brain tingling still with the numbing touch of sleep, Rachel opened wide her eyes and ears and let come to her what would out of the tremulous darkness of her bedroom. What came to her were two unclothed grown-ups moving against one another beyond her teddy bear. Their heads pillowed on Elmer the Elephant. The glow that outlined them, as well as the numbness that held sway in her body, meant, of course, that she was dreaming. Of that she was sure. Nor was there any question who these grown-ups were. She felt blessed by their presence in her dream, looming large as gods in her bed, even though they seemed to be fighting about something or other, all their grunting and groaning seemed strange to her, hardly what one would expect from Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, but then it looked less like fighting than wrestling. Every so often, they would stop and take up a new position, then move and rub up against one another again, just like the junior high kids in that boring wrestling match Daddy had dragged her and Billy to the week before. Oh, she couldn't get over how wonderful Santa looked, how kind his face shone even through his sweat. She loved the vastness of him and the soft sweep of his pure white hair playing about his face. I'm out. Santa was white-haired too, she noticed, below his astounding belly. And out of that wild riot of white curls, he had grown an extra finger, long and fat and upright. God damn it. Santa kept hiding it inside the tooth fairy, sometimes in her mouth, sometimes down where she went tinkle. The Tooth Fairy seemed to like having it hidden in her. Rachel was awestruck by the fury of the Tooth Fairy's thrashings, how hungrily she feasted upon Santa's aura of kindness. 
taking in more and more, yet never depleting his stock, then flinging it back into his face, her passion as uh, tossed wanna, and distressed as a thunderstorm. I don't want to alarm anybody, but several police SUVs just pulled up outside <laughs> of my house. She was ghastly, and yet there was something extremely beautiful about her. Something that made Rachel want to kiss her. Is anyone else hearing heavy breathing in the uh, in the audio call? <laughs> The call is coming from inside the house, Joe. <laughs> I'm just done. I'm just so fucking done. On occasion, time we're Santa would match the sounds his partner made deep Happy in her holidays, throat. Happy holidays, everybody. Savage, guttural noises, which were transformed by his echoing voice into psalms of wisdom and benevolence. It thrilled Rachel's ears to hear the two of them like that. If she, I stand on my head and call it to Nyarlathotep, will it make everything better? She felt she might almost explode with the joy of it. Her, beth, her breath quickened, but she kept as quiet as she could, lest she be noticed and denied further witness. Hour after hour it went on, as dreams often do. She pleaded with God to let her remember every bit of it when she awoke the next morning. Her prayers, however, went unanswered. For Rachel tumbled out of magic time and into normal sleep long before Santa uncoupled from the tooth fairy, grabbed his clothes, and staggered spent from her room. And though brief snatches of that night's witnessing flashed before her as she grew to womanhood, not for twenty years or more did the entire scene come rushing back full bore into Rachel's memory. During a Dr. Phil episode. And that would occur precisely one year before the tooth fairy devoured her at the North Pole. And that ends chapter one. Okay. I think this tells the story fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good, a good sampling. If, uh, oh man, I said sampling. If, uh, I hate you, Joe. The listeners want to check this out on their own time, or if they want to never listen to this podcast again. <gasps> Which I don't blame you for. Yeah. I don't want to listen to this podcast ever again, and I'm producing it. Yup. I just, again, you know, it starts there. Yeah, yeah. But it does go places. You wanna, uh, do you want to go and read that intro, David? Is that still something that's important to you? Yeah. Or have you done enough? Um, <laughs> so the one part that I wanted it to really uh, touch on, it did, which is that. I think there's been <laughs> enough touching. There's a lot of touching. It's yeah. happened. Too much touching. But uh, yeah, so prologue, Cupiditas Resurgence. In the beginning, the father heard rumblings from above and cut his vacation short, regained his throne, surveyed the scene, flew into a towering rage. The archangel Michael had gone berserk, his thick white wings now twitching. As he staggered before the throne, the glowering god mask angled upon his face. Shards of Hermes jagged out of his body. The six other archangels looked on, wringing their hands. Raphael's eyes were moist with tears. How long has he been like this? God asked them, gesturing toward Michael. He expunged all evidence of the trickster god, putting him under as he had done during the great transformation. Two decades and more, father, said Gabriel, who had been Apollo in the old times. We couldn't stop him. As your surrogate, he had absolute power. He wouldn't listen to reason. The father lifted the god mask from Michael's face. The penitent looked pale as moonlight. 
Dear Lord, forgive me, he begged. One of the cherubim, that one up there, whispered a suggestion in my ear. It sounded so splendid and proper at the time, but now I see it wasn't, not in the least. God glanced upward, as he suspected. He flared a finger at the impish grin and plunged Eros deep inside the plump-winged babe. Its face became smooth and innocent once more. And what was the cherub's suggestion? Michael told him. God erupted. Omanko, he swore. Iho de puta! Shreistrek! Yavele dritzek! O save ramankon! Hot vedami horshik! Madonna damiana con tutti se dana patapo! Now the son, once Dionysus, spoke. Michael, he said, you know that Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy are never to cross paths. It's one of our father's most solemn injunctions. Michael hung his head. It only happened once, for a moment, in Idaho, Christmas of 1969. They had the barest glimpse. Then she vanished and it was over, except that they began doing things on their own. Christ! God peered down in disbelief at the earth below. His all-seeing eye traced the effect of the lapsed cherub's suggestion, short range and long, watching it ramify over three and twenty years. Oh, Jesus, will you look at 1991? It's all three of them. They're going haywire down there. Easy, father. No need for apoplexy. I'm sure it's fixable. And it was, at a cost. The 24th of December, 1970. The Tooth Fairy, wearing nothing but a necklace of huge blood-flecked teeth, squatted on the eastern shore of her island and looked out to sea. A storm was kicking up out there, a real corker. And uh, we're going to stop there, because sure. it goes on from there to describe the uh, Tooth Fairy getting very aroused over the thought of Santa Claus and As uh, we all do. eating a dead man, <laughs> Cool, as cool. she do. But yeah, yeah, and then yeah. that leads into chapter one, and uh, yeah. that's so that I, I I didn't want to provide that context before the story mm-hmm. for maximum damage. Yeah, for maximum exactly. uh, psychic damage. <laughs> but but now that we've made it this far, I feel like if I'm going to intrigue anyone enough to actually want to read more of this, I mean, who out there isn't <sighs> titillated? by santa having a climax i mean i'm nippling myself all over it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah um, uh happy fuck i do want to say that this yeah that's pretty much what it was this weirdly reminds me of of discworld in a sense yeah where yeah Um, Uh, especially in terms of like it's starting out as one thing like a one-time joke and then the one-time joke becomes a series yeah and that was the thing really like the reason that i again i picked this up because i was like i don't know 21 and (laughs) it was in the thrift store and i was like well this sounds funny and i started reading it and i was like jesus how old do you think david is (laughs) (laughs) yeah there was internet when I was 21, it was, you know, the first year after America online, but it was there. <laughs> Wait, that's not true. America online that's came in like 96, yeah, right? Not, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would have been, yeah. you know, in 96, I would have been 17. So 2021. Four. Yeah. You're a child. I probably <laughs> shouldn't have read this book to you. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's fine. It's no weirder than what he looks at on his own time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he makes his J.O. crystals. <laughs> I'm telling you, the market is just waiting for the real the real product. I don't the real think thing. it is. <laughs> <sighs> We're done, right? That was... Do we have anything further to, to talk about? Because I feel pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I've already uploaded my memories into the system and I've, I've already, I'm, I'm heading to the, the furnace now. All right, real this quick, was... before everyone goes, yeah, yeah, which was weirder, this or the lighthouse? <sighs> They're not, it's not the it's, same. It's, yeah, it's, it's apples and chairs. Whatever. Um, <laughs> don't forget to like, subscribe, click the bell. Um, Assuming that you got through this episode and you've not just deleted this podcast from all of your devices and your brain, <laughs> then you called probably in, 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 in called the police. Uh, you <laughs> probably enjoy our content. So, you know, feel free to leave comments places. Uh, I don't know. You, you know we what to do. We give you brainworms.com. We give you brainworms.com. You can support us financially and help make the show better through Patreon. Well, happy better. holidays, I guess. <laughs> I uh, Bah humbug. I, you're all very welcome. This is your present um, from me. Yeah. Ho- hopefully this distracted you from your crippling seasonal depression for at least a little while. <laughs> I'm going to go. Or it's made it worse. Yeah, maybe it's made it worse. I'm going to I'm going to click the button. All right. This has been a production of Brainworms Presents. Any copyrighted content contained within is used for purposes of review. Brainworms podcast is David Combs, Kane Magdalene, Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. The theme music is Hodgepod Number no. 1 by Brian Davis. If you like what you heard, you can support us and learn about our other projects at wegiveyoubrainworms.com or by leaving a review on your favorite listening app. I saw mommy fucking Santa Claus.